Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. Full complement of people doing football podcast and goodness today. Myself, Paul, Matt and Stu are going to talk about what happened in last week's games and we're going to predict some games for you. We've got football news and anything else from the football world. If you're checking us out on YouTube, that's awesome. Uh, but if you uh, could make that little click and subscribe, it'd be amazing. Likewise, if you're getting us just audio, you can still subscribe and it does mean a lot. So, here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. You know what they say when she's right, she's right. And uh, by all accounts, she's right. Um, Paul, do do honours, Lark. No problem, Andrew. Yes, uh, it's that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to another uh, another instalment of your weekly football of a round sort fix. We're here to talk all things Middlesbrough, Hull and Nottingham Forest. One of those might be slightly more involved than the other two, as uh, there's been some goings-on this week, but we'll come to that in a little minute. But, yes, it's your, as yet untitled, football podcast. So, I like that name, to be honest. I mean, we're as yet untitled? Ooh. Got a ring to it. We'll be getting a copyright <laughs> claim from Dave, I think. Well, we could, we could, uh, we could borrow a, 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 a page out of the uh, Arrested Development book and just call it TBA. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. By, the, by the way, the, the teams are going. It might as well be called CBA at this point. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, Obviously, that will be uh, the, the way that Stu has reacted to that is based on last week's results. So, let's get into it, shall we? Should we go through last week's results if we absolutely must? Hey, I'll tell you something. This must be the first. This must be the first podcast in a while where Matt's come positive as opposed to the other two. Of us. <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> we say positive. Remember, I'm, I'm, the, the, I'm the the pessimist, the ultimate pessimist in the whole thing. <laughs> So, so you'll again. We'll we'll get to it in a little bit, but you'll manage to turn that into some sort of negative. I see, interesting. But yes, so we'll go to the first game of the week, Andrew, which I believe was the live Sky Sports game involving Mister Woodmancy's team. Did it was? It's Hull City versus Sheffield United. Um. A variety of different things were predicted here. Uh, I think the man who is best to tell us what happened is the man that predicted so heavily against his team, Stuart Woodmansey, what happened in the Hull City versus Sheffield United game. Well, I did tell you they'd get spanked. And they got spanked. Except for, rather than I think what I predicted... It finished Hull City 1, Sheffield United 
three. Um, and Billy Sharp scored the first after about 17-ish minutes, I think. And then uh, Egan scored twice. Uh, the goal for Hull was Keen Lewis Potter. Um, within the last 15 minutes as well, they did have a, a goal disallowed for offside. So there was a period of time where they you know, got three goals down and clearly thought maybe we should do something now. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever played football before. Absolutely not the way to do it. Um, but yeah, at least they actually sort of gave it a go. At least they scored. So Hull have now they've ended their goal drought of 10 plus hours. Um, so, you know, I suppose we can take the positives there. But yeah, ultimately, Sheffield United 3, Hull City 1. I mean, to be fair, you did predict four goals in that game. So, you know, not too bad. Um, yes, Stu is the only one of us that did actually manage to take any points out of goals. 4-0 uh, was predicted. It does get you a, a point. Well, it was nil 4 to be fair. It does get you a point. Uh, and everybody else does not get a point. Two draws and a Hull City win. Ain't no points, I'm afraid. Um, for those of you who said any of the following, Lewis Potter, Paul, uh, Sharp for two, Stu, and Sharp for one, Matt. Points, points all round. Obviously, this guy is allergic to points, so no points <laughs> for me. Uh, let's see if I can keep that one going for the rest of the week. So, um, uh, Unfortunately for Stu, his team did not win, but he did win that prediction. Two points to you, sir. One for everybody else, apart from me. Next, it's over to Huddersfield Town, man taking on Nottingham Forest. And something went very wrong in this game, didn't it, Matt? <laughs> We don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, the caretaker manager leaves with a 100% record after Forest win 2-0. 2, -nil two -nil. It, wasn't, Terriers. it wasn't Gary Brazil either, was it? It was... Um, Stephen no. Reid. Republic of Ireland's own Stephen Reid, who does not no, sound just, yeah. like he's from the Republic of Ireland. Crazy. Um, he's apparently staying as well but obviously we'll talk about that uh, in a bit um, but yeah apparently he changed up the formation went three slash five at the back with with wing backs uh, kind of thing uh, had grabbing and Taylor maybe not grabbing and Taylor up front but, but kind of old favourites in like Lolly as well um, and, you know kind of apparently it was there was a lot more attacking to it and stuff like that. Um, so Graben with a diving header um, and uh, an own goal by the goalkeeper um, to finish off the game. I think they tried to claim it as a Forest goal, but uh, I think uh, you know Shithouse could be called on that one. Um, but yeah, first win of the season. Still bottom. Ah. Uh. But not for much longer. But not for Again, much longer. Which we'll come to later on. Um, but 
it's always nice to get your first win of the season. See if it takes eight games. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing, but I'm crying on the inside because we're only one point, <laughs> we're one point above you, I think. So. Oh. Speaking of crying on the inside, uh, Middlesbrough took on Blackpool. Yeah, oh, wait, hang on a minute. Sorry, I've skipped that. What's it? Ah, oh, right. So, rewind. Cut that bit out. We'll never hear of it again. Scores on the doors. Let's do that. Let's do the thing that we should normally do when we've got our heads screwed on properly. Right. Um, Paul didn't even think Matt was in the room. Didn't give him a goal. For him, that was a good move because that did get him one point. Um, that That's where the points... No, no other points in that game. Uh, everybody else had, surprisingly, uh, not Forest down to win, um, and it only let, uh, there was only two Forest goal scorers predicted out of four predictions. So there we go. Did you say I've got a point? You predicted Forest to win. I, I, I don't know. I seem to remember something about oh, they'll, they'll, they'll do it for the new, for the new guy. What confused me was the fact that you said Matt wasn't in the room, so I didn't give him a goal. And I was like, eh? Yeah, you, you didn't give him any goals, but you did. By the look on Paul's face, I thought we were gonna have to get VAR out for the podcast then. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I have, I have not got it together this week. Uh, everybody has an off week. I'm having an off life. That's why Forrest won. <laughs> ah. Speaking of having an off week, Middlesbrough versus Blackpool. Paul? Can we, like... Skip this one. Is there, is there a way that you can just ignore results when you see the goals that you concede and you work out that they're just so laughably bad that you'd be embarrassed to concede them in like a five-a-side kickabout. No, those are, the, those are the ones that you're supposed to get double points on. Ah, I see. That Twice as bad. You had a season ticket at Borough. <sighs> God, can you imagine? The, pun the double punishment that comes with, yes, you're out 500 quid and uh, yes, unfortunately, mate, your team's fucking shit. So, <laughs> um... Oh, and and it's cost you uh, two hours of your life. You're not getting back. There, there, triple whammy. Thanks very much. Plus, um, you probably bought a pie. Quadruple <laughs> whammy. You've got to sit in traffic to get out of the out of the city or the town. Quintuple whammy. <laughs> we could just we could just keep going, I suppose. Um, yeah, in my experience, just... it's not football unless you're eating a cold pie and drinking a warm coke. Seriously. <laughs> That, that shouldn't happen anymore, though, because, sadly, Bootham Crescent is uh, RIP no more. So that uh, that world's hottest fridge is uh, no longer in service. I've, I've never had a more confusing experience in my life than eating <laughs> a cold pie and washing it down with a, with a piping hot Diet Coke. <laughs> Just it like, was it was worrying. Obviously, 
for you it was a it was a veggie pasty or whatever it was wasn't it it was some sort of I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to hold my hands up <laughs> amazed that York offered a vegetarian option what, what's happened there is they've gone oh shit lad someone's asked for the, ve- the vegetarian pie we better defrost it and then <laughs> <laughs> the, the one vegetarian pie they had in the place they could have put it next to the cook to defrost it anyway. The, the yeah. heat coming off it. Would yeah, exactly. It's out. either that or they've adopted, they've adopted the principle of, well, hang on a minute. It's a pie that you get in a football. There's absolutely no chance of there being any actual meat in this. So, but yeah, that was that was a confusing day. It was obviously a pre-season friendly. It was July, so pretty warm. And... Uh, yeah, the fact that the drink was the warmest item on the uh, on show was was. I said to her, "I'll cool you said, down in July." Hey, love, <laughs> take that coke and stick it in the oven. Take that pie and stick it in the fridge, and we'll we'll be on to something here. <laughs> anyway, York City is not on the docket, but Middlesbrough football is. Yeah, very very bad. Took the took the lead in the first half with a Marcus Tavernier goal, um, and then in the second half. Uh, Conceded a dubious free kick, according to, well, Middlesbrough Twitter, Middlesbrough commentary, all the Middlesbrough-based people that I follow on Twitter, etc., etc. So it probably wasn't a free kick, it was absolutely fine. Um, but uh, Blackpool scored from the free kick when um, their guy just turned Dale Fry's if he wasn't there. So, weak defending. Should never concede from that particular space. Uh, and the second was an own goal. I don't know who, got, who scored the Blackpool goal. I'd have to look it up. Um, oh, it don't say that. Like the odd name. That's, that's, I'm like, oh, Paul, take care of the name. I'm, I'm covered on this one. I couldn't even write Marvin, it down. Marvin Ekpiteta. I might have got there. I'm going to put it up there. It's probably going to go on the list of names when Amy finds out about it, so... Um, but yeah, he scored. He scored the opener for Blackpool, and then just to sort of create, just to complete the uh, the banter section of the day, um, Blackpool's winner came from a corner that Grant Hall decided to just head into his own net. So, cheers, Grant. Didn't didn't, didn't want to enjoy my Saturday evening. It's fine. You just carry on, son. You know me, I don't like to be that guy, but it's about to get a little bit worse. Oh, no. um, it wasn't a draw. All three of you predicted a Grant Hall on goal. That's incredible. No, no, it wasn't a draw. So uh, no points for you there, Paul. Uh, you did not get the goal scorers either. Uh, Stu, Middlesbrough did not win, and uh, your goal scorer did not score. Matt... Same for you, I'm afraid. For me, Middlesbrough did not win. But Tavernier did score, so it's point for the big man. Back started. So, point laden week. With a tie. 2-2-1-1. Some kind of weird football formation. Paul and Stu tie with two points apiece, and me and Matt tie for joint second, if you want to look at it that way. Um, uh, one point apiece. Because it's a tiebreaker, does does Stu take the win on the most depressing 
home performance. <laughs> Mate, you got beat by Blackpool. I think you win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> so, gentlemen, uh, in in record time, the book has been updated to cover this week's games. Um, Personally, I've adopted a new method for this week because there are, in fact, six games to predict. I've decided on a little bit of, a little bit of monkey business, but we'll get to that later. First game of the week, I'm reliably informed. I can't, I can't even say I did my own game research this week. I had my uh, glamorous secretary do the job for me. Um, first game of the week is Reading taking on the once mighty Middlesbrough. Paul, you will predict last. I have already predicted in my new predicting way. So, Stu and or Matt, who wants to go first? Stu looks engaged. He looks ready, poised, like a tiger of sorts. I've, um, I, have, I have got mine prepared. So, uh, you'll, you'll spot a theme throughout mine by the time we get to the end uh, but I have gone for a Reading 2 Middlesbrough 1 result uh, known as a as a as a cookie classic <laughs> goal scorers um, so for for the Borough I've gone for Spora okay. and for Reading I have gone for Swift and Junior Hoylet. Lovely stuff. Matt. I have also gone for 2 1 to Reading. Get ready for this one. Alright, Swift. And <laughs> here we go. Ijaria. For Reading and Crooks for Middlesbrough. So, you'll like this. 1 uh, 0 to Middlesbrough. And he's not steered me wrong yet, so Tavernier to get another one. <laughs> Paul's like, put me down for the same, yeah? It's, it's typical, isn't it? So obviously they got they got beat at home by a team that's you know really really terrible. Most people will expect Reading to get the win. You've put Borough down to win. They've put Reading down to win. So why why not I cover all the bases and just go for a nil nil draw? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like it, it's nil nil just makes the most sense to me here because it's a standard. Like Warnock tactic of they've absolutely shit the bed the last time they played. So just go back to basics, try and keep it tight. If you can nick one on the counter, brilliant. But just don't concede. And I reckon he'll just that's what he'll want to just sort of get them back to sort of a base level. So I reckon it's not. Good. Let's put it this way: if you don't support either of the two teams, don't tune into this one because it's not <laughs> going to be pretty. Five for them. A bloodbath, you say? <laughs> Interesting. Second game of the week is Nottingham Forest. I was going to say something there, but I didn't want to spoil anything. Versus 
Millwall. Matt, you will predict last. Stu, Paul, any takers? I'll have, uh, I'll have a little go on this one, since I was uh, last to go in the last round. Absolutely. Um, hmm. Well, as we as we sort of alluded to um, earlier in the podcast, the, uh, the empty managerial vacancy has now been filled at Nottingham Forest. As uh, Matt said there, the uh, caretaker boss will retire with a 100% record as um, ex-Swansea manager Steve Cooper was appointed the new manager earlier on today. So, new manager normally comes with a little bit of a, a little bit of a bounce, so to speak. Uh, so, I'll go for a 2-0 win. Please? Goal scorers. Grabs. All up to it. Two grabs. Back impressing, the, impressing the new boss, eh? I like it. Uh, yeah, I like it. I've, uh, I've, I've channeled my inner James Panas, and uh, I've now got him to uh, be on for 85 goals this season. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll drop in mine so that I'm not always um, grazing on other people's uh, lovely, tasty predictions. Um, I've also gone with the new manager, let's impress the boss, a 1-0 victory to Nottingham Forest. Yates to score. Chips out. I mean, after he's kicked about five in the in the River Trent, but yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, obviously, he won't be scoring first. He'll be getting his customary yellow card first. So, <laughs> Stu you got enough stamps for a free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, as if by some kind of weird, crazy magic, because all of mine are written down beforehand, have sort of mashed the two together and gone with a 1-0 Forest win with Graben to score. Very interesting. I, wait, I cannot wait to hear this prediction of uh, Forest nil, Millwall 7. Not so <laughs> well. I, I've, gone with, I, I, I've gone with the new manager bounce and the kind of burgeoning light of optimism. Um, I've gone 2-1 for Forest. Really? Um, Where is Matt and what have you done with him? <laughs> it's only due to you. They'll lose 3 1 now. And it'll just be like, fucking hell, yeah, play middle, uh, Millwall and all. Yeah, that kind of thing. Of course, we lose to Millwall. We always lose to Millwall. And that, that, tune in for that next week, folks. Um, Not this time. So, yeah, 2 1 to Forest. Uh, Johnson and Spence. Oh, Jed. Yeah, yeah. I tell you something, he was getting rave reviews on uh, on Saturday by Saturday. Yeah, I, uh, and Wallace to score for Millwall. Fantastic. Our third and final mid. You know, we've still got three more games to predict, but you know, final for the start of the week is Stoke versus Hull. Stu, you will predict last, and as I've gone all over the shop, I'm going to start things off with a bang. Stoke, nil, Hull one. Wilkes to score. Now, if anybody's if anybody's keeping keeping any track of anything that's going on, 
there might be some similarities there. Stay tuned for the second set of predictions. Matt, as Paul is on mute right now, what, how about you give us a give us a, a score prediction? I've gone uh, for uh, 2-1 to Stoke. Okay. Storage and Powell scoring um, the uh, Stoke goal, Stoke goals, mm-hmm. and for Hull, does he like jam on his toast? No, he likes Funny Man. Oh, <laughs> good God! <laughs> I love it. Oh my, Paul! Lovely, lovely. Uh, one nil Stoke. Okay. And I predicted him earlier in the season when they played Forest, so I'm going to go for time on to score. Lovely stuff. Stu, thoughts? You're all far too optimistic. Stuck to City nil. And because, say, I wrote down my predictions earlier because I had time on my hands, I have also predicted time on. And uh, another old boy, let's stick to that rule, fully fledged, Klukas. Bit of a free-for-all for uh, ex-Hull players in this one, isn't it? Tom well, Inch I mean, is there as well. Yeah, I know that... It, it, that, that Almost swayed me to a three 0 prediction. I'm I'm uh, ashamed to say, but I was like, mm, we'll see. But yeah, it, it basically, yeah. If you know, if they've if they've uh, had a text off Daniel Ayala going, hey, well, look what I did, <laughs> and uh, might be able to join join the club. So half the week predicted already. Half the week to go. Uh, we're doubling back round, going back on ourselves with Hull versus Blackpool. Blackpool, uh, fresh off a, another game they played recently. Um, as is as is the way, Stu, you will go last. Matt. I've gone uh, nil two to Blackpool, and I've gone Yates and Bowler or Bowler. Lovely stuff. I have gone one nil to Blackpool. I've also gone with Yates. Paul. One one. Okay. Lewis Potter. Obviously. Is it possible to transport Grant Hall to Hull for a game so he can score an own goal for Blackpool again? Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's how it works. Okay. Um, Slipping down for Yates. Lovely. Go on, Stu. Um, I actually agree with Paul. I'm being optimistic. I don't think we'll lose that, that game. Especially, I can't give the lad stick for his team getting beat by Blackpool and then predict them to beat Hull as well, can I? So, um, I'm, I'm going to go Hull 1, Blackpool 1. I'm going to go Wilkes to score the Hull goal and I'm going for Keo to score the Blackpool goal. Lovely. Is that ex-Derby man himself? Ex-Scunthorpe name. It's, it's the name I associate with Scunthorpe, which oh, is right. why I picked it. So, Middlesbrough are taking on Sheffield. I'm going to go United. Let's go with that. That's all, that's all I've got written down. Um... Obviously, Paul, you're going last. Should I go? Do you think I should go? I should go. Yeah, go on. I should go. Drop it. Uh, Middlesbrough nil. Sheffield one. Sharp to score. Matt. I've gone uh, one, two. Or 2-1 to Sheffield United. Mm hmm. Um, Pitsu. Pitsu for Borough. Uh, and Billy Sharp. And Gibbs White with the goals. Annoyingly, they seem to have turned a bit of a corner, Sheffield United. Thumping and then uh, come into Hull. <laughs> I have gone with the same scoreline. Middlesbrough 1, Sheffield United 2. And um, that now... Come, if that happens, if my, both my predictions come in, that now um, makes three games on the spin where that scoreline will have come in. Because, you know, consistent, if nothing else. Uh, so I've also gone for Spora for the Borough goals. Spora, Spora, no idea if that's the correct pronunciation. Um, and Sheffield United have gone for Billy Sharp and Hurrihan. Go on then, Paul. Seem, we, we seem to have a decent record against Sheffield United at the Riv. So they say all records are there to be broken, don't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, stepping out for a nil three. It's his ex team as well, isn't it? So they'll probably up their game just to sort of really stick it to him. Is there anybody left, though, from. What, when he managed them? Hmm. Oh god no! I think well, he was the manager in what, like two thousand seven or something like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a bit like it's more on the fans than it is on the players, isn't it? That yeah. So, but 
yeah, sadly, Billy Sharp's come back into uh, you know he's he's, re- he's woken up and realised that he's a championship player again, so he can score goals now. Um, so stick him down for one. I still think McBurney's gonna score because he's he's the sort of like you know annoyingly bad player who only ever seems to score against your team and stuff like that. Um, and just for, just for the banter, let's go for a grand hall own goal, shall we? <laughs> Class. Here's a classic one. When I was watching the game on on Saturday, like kind of when they were doing the punditry afterwards, apparently they have fifteen million pounds worth of striker on the bench and brought up McBurney. I'm like, I've seen that guy play. That guy's not fifteen million pounds worth of player. And then they shoehorn somebody else in with it. I'm like, even if you put them together. That guy's still not making up some amount of the fifteen million pounds player. If you, if you look, if you look at some of the money they've spent on some of their players, so there was fifteen million or twenty million for it. Then they spent what, like twenty eight or, or whatever it was on Brewster, and he is garbage. He is Christ awful. Lord. No wonder they went down. Yeah. Terrible. Our final game of the week is. Barnsley versus Nottingham Forest. Skip. I have gone for Barnsley 1, Nottingham Forest 1, Woodrow to score for Barnsley, and uh, as Paul rightly pointed out, he's now going to score every goal in the history of Nottingham Forest for the rest of the season, Graben. Lovely stuff. Um, I've gone with a Barnsley one um, nil. I've gone. I've written a name down and then gone. I don't know if I can actually pronounce this name. Ade Boyjo. Ade Bajo. Yeah, that's it's an arrow boy. Is yeah. he there now? Um, I'm sure somebody's going to play. He doesn't even play for them anymore. But that's what I've gone with. So, uh, so there, there's that. Paul. Yes. Oh no, it's it's a different guy to who you think it is. It's not Moses, it's Victor. Uh Adi Boyejo or something like that, I believe. Is that right? Is that who you've gone for? Yeah. So I've actually as as previously mentioned uh, a few minutes ago by myself, I've actually text um the aforementioned Mr Panas about this game as Barnsley is well within striking distance of this town slash city. So we're going to try and go to this game. Because uh, I've dragged him along to uh, many a borough away game, so I feel it's time for me to uh, reciprocate the favour, so to speak, and uh, take one for the team and go watch, uh, go watch a Forest away game with him. So hopefully... I'm going to go optimistic and say that I'll be seeing a nil-one Forest win, and I will be in the vicinity of a casual lolly banger. Interesting, Matt. I have gone with the same score as Mr. Williams. I've gone nil-one for Forest. And the man with a hundred goals 
Lewis Graben. Lewis Graben. I feel I feel like I'm obligated to ask, but are you feeling all right? You've 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 predicted two games and given your team six points here. You know, you've got to have a little bit of optimism, haven't you, kind of thing? No, no, you don't. You never have a little bit of optimism. It's, it's fine. They're, they're going to go give on me, a like, Give me a week of it. Give me a week of it. They'll all be shit and thunder next week. They'll be, oh, yeah, I should have known it. We nicked this We nicked this, this CEO off them anyway, so of course they're going to be pissed off with us. And, uh, you know, um, of course we always lose to Middlesbrough, uh, to Millwall, fucking bastards. Um so you know, it's fine. Just give me a week. <laughs> just, just let him. Just let let him have it. They're gonna go on a tear. Once they get to like seventeenth, they'll stop. But like for now, they'll be fine. And then we'll do this all again next year. <laughs> <laughs> that, as they say in the business, is that all games now predicted and in the book, and will soon be in the history book. But until then, stay tuned to find out what all of these wonderful teams are going to do over the weekend and the coming week. So, that's the uh, last week's predictions sorted and this week's predictions sorted. Doing things a little bit different this season, aren't we? So, the news comes later in the podcast. So, this week in Football looks a lot like this. Where to start? So many. Do, do we do we start with the sadder news and, and end with the more positive? Yes. Or do we? Or do we end on a downer? No. I, was, I think end 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 on the the downer, because I think it's a it sounds positive because it like celebrate a life and yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah, celebrate. Well, Somebody yeah. who should be celebrated, I think. Absolutely, I'd agree with that, Mister Moore. In that case, well, obviously we mentioned it earlier that Forest have obviously brought in a new manager, so it probably feels right to dictate to uh, or defer to the uh, the Forest fan. Happy, sad, not really sort of any emotion, or are, are you going to wait and see? I think it's it's one of these things like you know like I think kind of reading the stuff on Twitter and stuff like that you kind of all the Swansea fans are, oh yeah good luck watching shit football I think I think if you kind of like if you message anybody in the championship is anybody ever happy with their manager I think it's one of them leagues where negativity ne- being a negative manager gets you a job because it's don't lose as opposed to to win Pragmatism um, seems to be the aim of the game, doesn't it? Let's put it that. But way. then there's one Forest fan replied, "They gave us a right stuff in last season, and uh, oh, maybe the season before that. I think you know because obviously they all kind of rolled into one pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe the positive thing would be is that the the kind of the managing director, the guy that's running football at the moment wanted him uh, has apparently worked with him before at Swansea but you know like I gave you guys these stats and I think you know it's shocking when you kind of look at it so it's 14 managers in 10 years which is that's permanent managers as well that's not taking into account interim managers caretaker managers 
dog walking by that just stuck a manager's hat on for five seconds because they thought maybe he'll come up with something. And then this one, this one killed me. I think I heard it on Saturday. With this, this is the, this is just after they'd sacked Hutton. So before they'd even gone, Stephen Reed as the caretaker manager, and then appointing Steve Cooper. So now, since Brian Clough left in 1993, so 18 years of being the manager at Forest, we've now had 37 different managers, including kind of caretakers and interims. So in less than 30 years, we've had 37 different people running the club. And it just shows, you know, in some of those people, you know, Frank Clark had a good, like, three, four years at Forest. Um, you know, Platt got two years. There's Billy Billy Davis had a good few years in there as well. So there's some like, you know, like when I spoke to my dad about it, he's like, well, you know, O'Driscoll was there for like what a month or so. Uh, Alex McLeish was like eight weeks, if that. Uh, Mark Warburton barely made it till Christmas. Uh, Pierce barely made it to February. You know, there's that extra turnovers. How long did McLaren get? Because was McLaren like a six month? That that wasn't very long either. It's just this kind of I can't think if that was a Fawaz kind of Uncle Uncle Fawaz coming in and running it like you know like playing champ manager or something like that, and then and then the kind of Marinarkis has run it and he's running it like but yeah, I presume he runs on Piarcos where the head coach is expendable. They've got people that they listen to who know jack shit about football that's always fiddling. And this is the problem, is that kind of reading stuff and listening stuff around Forest, there's a lot of people sticking their nose in at all levels of the club. You know, so there's this, I can't think what his name is, he's been made a director of the club. And he's like, oh yeah, he's Marinox, he's confidant kind of guy and Apparently, he every so often he'll go and stick his nose in the business. So it's why the guy who was at West Brom, who's now left to go somewhere else, um, he that's why he left Forest after a few months uh, because they were telling him who would sign people who wanted in. That's why some of the managers have some of the managerial decisions have been a bit unusual because they want yes men that are just going to play the formation that they want, and, and it's just. You know, for for my own sanity, I hope he does well. But part of me just thinks, you know, I joked about RC at this time next year. Part of me is like, I genuinely think that by the end of the season, Cooper might have been, you know, thinking that he's going to be able to do it relatively his own way or with somebody who's going to support him. And are both of those people still going to be at the club come September? Or are we moving on to another person kind of running the club from behind the scenes and taking on another manager who doesn't know how to you know we've said it a million times before but getting out of the championship is a very very specific skill and it takes a very you know it takes a certain type of manager and they very rarely come from off these shores and I know it sounds a little bit Brexity BNP kind of statement but you know, it's um, it's not meant as that. I think it's just a very difficult league to come out of and playing pretty football will get you 
closer to the bottom than it does to the top. I'd seen that um, he said about getting out of the division and stuff. It was him that took Swansea to the playoffs, wasn't it? So I yeah. suppose if take take that as a positive. Not not the division, but he's obviously won stuff as well as England under seventeen's manager winning the World Cup, which at that level it's kind of a you know you you, you quite happily have that on your CV, but it's it's that age old thing. You, he's got he's got to take the time, but like I think more importantly, you need you need somebody to break that cycle now like every, every like we've talked about it on here before obviously we've talked about it again about how many managers you've had like in recent times surely that needs to just settle down and get a period of stability otherwise nothing's ever going to change um when you mentioned it i knew i'd seen it earlier today when i was looking at uh, looking up uh, the stuff after he got appointed you mentioned alex mcleish he got seven games in charge alex mcleish the longest one in the pit in the last ten years, um, was Billy Davis, and there was only really kind of a few who got close to that. Dougie Friedman was was two behind Billy Davis, but other than that, they were all all less. So, yeah, I I, I just I hope hope for for the club's sake and for certainly for your sake, they they settle down a bit and actually can push on now. I just I think I think if 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 the the guy that they brought in from Barnsley is allowed to run the club like he wants to, and it's a bit kind of money ball, you know, stats-led analysis and kind of, you know, they try to cut the age of the squad, they try to cut the squad down. If he's allowed to do, you know, and, and it's, the, it's the greatest full storm that every, anyone, any football fan ever hears, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we've got a five-year plan, we've got somebody in, five-year plan, Drew, we're not going to rush things. Eight, you know, Ten months in, ah, oh, what? We're not winning. All right, well, okay, you said a five-year plan. I don't know. You don't want your club to get relegated, but if you're going to sign up to a five-year plan, follow it through, because you're going to end up chopping and changing, and then another five-year plan starts, and then another five-year plan starts, and then what you realise is, is that you've had ten one-year plans that have resulted in you still being as shit as you were ten years ago, and with a squad that's so bloated that nobody actually knows whether it's 40 or 50 players that are in, in there and they don't know what to do with them because they're on, just on ridiculous wages. So fingers crossed that they can, they give, they're given the time to do it. So hopefully they come in and there's like a level of turnaround and we move up the, up the division, but also there's a kind of logical system to it. The signings that they've made are all young, or on loan. Um, I don't know when Graben's contract runs out, but I would suspect that that won't be renewed, which is is kind of worrying on one aspect. But as long as they go out and get a 15, 20-goal season striker to replace him that's in that age bracket that, that they want, fine. But, you know... <laughs> I just hope that eventually, and it's not going to happen because I know you know what owners in football are like now. Just you don't know anything, leave it alone. Just leave the people who know what they're doing to do it. You know, and the clubs that do that, you know, and Christ Almighty, you know, it's not very often. Well, it's the one time it's going to let hear me praise Liverpool. Liverpool have done it the right way. You know, say what you want about them, but Liverpool gone about it the right way. They, they you know, the, the Boston Red Sox owners that own them have left kind of Klopp and whoever to run the club and buy the players that they want. You know, and they've run it responsibly, 
you know they haven't gone nuts this summer um, and if you if you leave a club if you leave people who know football to it then they'll get it right but if you keep on sticking your nose in with your lackeys and your you know your oh well it's my right hand man well your right hand man's an idiot he's you know he's not done anything right so far and the club's no better off than when it was the, than when you bought it so then you know take you know do whatever you want with him throw him in the trend I don't give a shit just don't have him around the, don't have him around the football club anymore um, speaking of uh, clubs being run properly should we move on to some more delightful news that we've had this week Matt's excited again <laughs> look at him so I'm I'm sure Paul Paul and and Matt and you, you guys will probably have more stats on this than me, but um, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Derby County are up shit creek without a paddle. Well, we we sort of I say broke the news last week, didn't we? So yeah. that was towards the end of the podcast that there was a point deduction incoming, but um, thank well not thankfully because you know it's never nice to sort of like wish. Like, you know, bad times on a club. But when that club is as shady as Derby, then uh, bring on it. Bring it on. Bring on the bad times, obviously. Uh, yeah. So they've they've got a point deduction because of their dodgy dealings in, in relation to financial fair play and things like that. Um, but, it's, but it's got worse, hasn't it, Mr. Woodmansey? Yeah. So didn't it start out as, was it? Nine points? Oh, was it a twelve point with three of the points suspended or something? To I think it was nine with? with three suspended. That was it. And then it's, and then obviously the next thing's been tacked on the set as well. So they've was it a maximum a maximum deduction they could end up with of twenty one points by the time it's all said and done? And yeah. Some of it might be carried over to next season as well. Yeah, I think so. So the, the the precedent I think was set with Leeds because when they went into administration, they 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 tried to uh, they tried to get around it and tried to cheat the system, so to speak, because they they entered themselves into administration at a point in the season where it was physically impossible for them to save themselves from relegation. So they entered in, so they entered into administration to with the thought being, oh well, we'll get we'll get the immediate point deduction. And then we can start from next season, like with a clean slate and stuff. And the FA were like, "No, no, 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 no! That ain't how this works. You can have your points deduction for last season, but for being, uh, for trying to be devious and stuff like that, here you go. Start the uh, start the next season with minus fifteen points. So, of course, Leeds had to get petty with it. And for that season's program, it was page minus fifteen. And uh, in the uh, in the squad list at the back of the uh, at the back of the program. Uh, squad number minus fifteen was the uh, the FA, and it was like, oh lads, this is why no one likes you. This is why everyone was absolutely pissing themselves when you got the when you got the fifteen point deduction and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, oh, we're so hard done to. I, I can't believe that we've had this point deduction. It's, it's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, well, maybe run your club a bit better, and you won't be a, you you won't have to have these fifteen point deductions put in and stuff like that. Maybe don't go into administration. You know, it's not very hard, is it? Just don't spend more than you're bringing in. Well, by the by the time that the podcast airs, administration is set to be confirmed, which is when officially the 12 points will kick 
kick in. Um, just reading like some of the, some of the stuff that they still owe out though, as well. So how long ago was Philip Koku the manager? Last season. Yeah. So he, him and the backroom staff are still owed just the five million pounds in compensation. Like, it's just incredible. And then um, the that so the, the, the it's the twelve points for the going into administration, and then the nine points to be added. Um, for the financial fair play business, so that's where the where the twenty one um, comes. However, it does say that in addition, Derby could also be docked another three points if they fail to pay their players and staff this month, with payroll approaching next week. So strap yourselves in, boys. Um, and it'll escalate in, from there because if they can't pay like the inland revenue and stuff like that, they'll just wind them up. And you know. Part is like for all the kind of Derby fans that crowed on it, you know, at Forest, and you know the way they crowed on, kind of went on it. Other pe- people as well, you know, when they signed Rooney, it was this big deal. And you're like, have you seen the MLS? He's not Wayne Rooney that was at Man United. He's barely Wayne Rooney that played a little bit at Everton after he finished at United. He's, you know, he's what you fully expected to happen with Wayne Rooney when he stopped playing professional football uh, he got fat and slow like most of us would do if you know, we weren't playing professional football and had to train every day um, but you know and it was this oh yeah we're getting ruined we're getting ruined yeah alright then how did that work out for you I, it's just you know you feel sorry I feel sorry for the people that work there who aren't footballers yeah. I feel sorry for the people who kind of run the club on a day to day basis that you know, ticket sales, club shop, all that kind of thing. I feel sorry for those people because they might not even be Derby fans. Mm. Some of them will be, you know, but they're probably decent people. They'll probably be decent people. You know, the people that I, the people that you know, I don't feel sorry for are, you know, I, I don't feel sorry for some of the players. I don't feel sorry for. Um, I don't feel sorry for any of the people that own the club. I don't feel sorry for the, for the people who kind of sat there and laughed at other clubs and crowed about other things. Yeah, you just get stuff with that kind of thing. And, you know, it's people like, oh, I hope they don't go to the wall. I'm like, well, you know, if they do, then, you know, right, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know? Like like you said, I, I was going to say about this, the same thing. Like, you know, we've got personal experience of, of working for football clubs in our in our midst and like it's it is the people who work in the shop and work you know on the ticket sales and all the rest of it that when things are going badly have to spend all day every day getting shit from the general public about it oh, it's not yeah. the people who sit in the office and, and make the decisions so and, and not only that to be compounded with you might not be able to pay your mortgage next month like it, it, it is awful um and like you know certainly from a whole perspective definitely been through that and the, the sort of potential to have the club go out of business entirely it's not fun at all like I, I get the impression especially with the way that they've been quite heavy-handed with the points deduction that it, it's almost they, they've had it happen in the past with like leads and stuff and yes they've given them the d- deductions but they've never really pushed it to its like the the full limit, whereas this time I feel like that because Derby have really really done wrong with the financial fair play stuff, they're definitely gonna 
absolutely thrown to the wolves with the points and everything just to make the point. Well, the best thing is that the thing that I, when I was listening, when, I, when they were on about it on the radio, um, they were talking about like you know, you know, they, they've talked about the effect of the pandemic on them and all this kind of thing. The best thing that they said, the one of the best things, kind of, you know, damning things that they said about them was, obviously they had the loan, didn't they, that you could have taken out, and their finances are that bad and that dodgy and that just messed up they were like no you can't have a loan so it's like you know they couldn't you know they, you know, they probably could have gone to Wonga and Wonga would have said no and uh, you know it's just they, they've been that badly run as a football club that even basically not free money but like right you know here's 8 million to kind of keep your club afloat which to be fair, after they said they're hemorrhaging £1.5 million a month, that well, that's not going to last them very long anyway. But they were, to, they were told no because they were too much of a risk of never getting that money back. And shrewd decision, to be fair. Yeah. Some, some, some breaking news off the back of this story as well is that they are set to receive an extra £100,000 um, off the back of a player that... Um, went from Derby to Liverpool, um, making his first appearance for the side in the Carabao Cup game that's happening this week. So Liverpool are playing Norwich, at Norwich, I believe. Yeah. Um, and there's a kid called Cade Jordan. He's only 16, but as part of him making his first team appearance, um, hopefully the, you would hope that the, the money, would, like I say, will go to like the shop workers and... The ticket office guys and girls and, and all the rest of it, but yeah, at least they're going to get a hundred grand to try and stay afloat just off the back of that. So there is there is a, a little bit of light there. It might keep the lights on for another half an hour or so. I guess it's the last the last other bit of news now. Yeah. Um. Paul, did you did you have the uh, have the bit on this? Uh, I can I can bring it up and stuff, but yeah, <coughs> excuse me. I think it was on Sunday, early hours of Sunday morning, or um, it was certainly uh, it was certainly announced on Sunday that yeah, it was on Sunday. Um, uh, Jimmy Greaves had passed away. Um, obviously. We were all too young to um, have seen him play, um, but obviously, when when we were younger, he was more sort of recognised for being more of a TV personality than he was a footballer. Um, they did um, they did some like I saw a few little bits on Sky Sports News after I'd finished watching the American football on Sunday, where they. Um, gave a little bit of a tribute to him and stuff like that and it was talking about the fact that obviously he played and before before the World Cup in nineteen sixty six he was he was basically England's best player. Um pretty much first like striker on the team sheet and stuff like that and then he, he I was talking to my dad about this actually. Um and he got injured during the tournament. I think it was in the first game and then obviously Jeff Hurst came in as a replacement for him. And he just couldn't dislodge him from the from the starting lineup because he was 
I think he was back fit for the later rounds of the tournament, but obviously just couldn't get in ahead of Jeff Hurst. And I don't know if this is before substitutes were a thing, or if it was that you could have one substitute during games. But yeah, sadly he just couldn't get back in the team. So whilst he was a member of the squad that won the World Cup, he probably feels like he didn't contribute to it that much because he wasn't playing money of the games and stuff like that. But um, I think uh, I think Matt gave us his his like stats and stuff like that. Have you still got those to hand, Matt? There's two things that goes there. So he didn't. So because he didn't play in the game, he didn't get a World Cup medal. Oh right, okay. So he didn't get a World Cup medal till 2009, which kind of looking at his like health issues, you kind of like, God, he didn't even really get to enjoy having yeah. that medal kind of thing. But I think like you know, I, I can't. I don't. I don't know what his his league goals. I think is 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 mental. So you kind of look at. I, Kind of looking at it, you've got so Chelsea. So he played. He started at Chelsea uh, in 1957, and he had uh, 157 appearances for Chelsea with 124 goals. Then he went to AC Milan and only played 12 games, but scored nine goals. Um, and then came back and played for the Spuds, uh, which is probably the team he's most famous for playing for. Um, and scored three hundred, uh, played three hundred twenty-one games and scored two hundred twenty. So he's prolific there. But um, I think, like I said, you know, so when I said to you guys about it, the most frustrating thing is is the. Um, so he had thirteen goals in twelve games for England under twenty-threes. So, and then his his England record is forty-four goals in fifty-seven games. And I think then you, if you look at all the other players that are around him, so like Lineker, you've got Lineker at 49, you've got, um, is it 40, 48? So Lineker at 48, Charlton at 49, whatever Rooney finished on and kind of whoever else, I don't think any, anybody else is up there right now. They've all got over 100 games for England and he's, what, five, six, seven short of everybody else on half the mountain games and it's just at a time when people would just kick you in the air. You know, like Pele had, was it the 66 World Cup? Pele was just kicked out there, out of the, out of the, year, out of the World Cup. And yeah. it, it was just, you know, kind of a brutal, brutal kind of time to play. And particularly if you were a skillful striker, because, I mean, they just knocked the living daylights out of you. And I think that, that we said, we kind of talked about this punditry. And it's kind of funny because it gets lost in the kind of wash of it, of, I think him and like with him and you know Ian St John as well. That it was that kind of beginning of that kind of ex-player-led TV show that kind of did a good bit of diagnosis and analysis, but also had a bit of fun with it as well. Yes. Um, I I remember watching them as a youngster. That's I, I remember him more from definitely from the TV side of things. Um, and since the unfortunate news on some. Day, I've seen a few clips floating around, and like as a kid, wouldn't have appreciated like the because the, obviously they were doing this on like daytime slot on the TV as well, but like trying to get away with like stuff as well. And the the clip that made me laugh the most, I'm I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna. Um, they they were talking about um, betting against each other on sporting events, and they'd bet on a rugby match that finished in a draw. 
So like, well, we're going to have to roll it over now onto something else. And it was the weekend of the um, Oxford-Cambridge boat race. So they were deciding uh, in this link on TV, live TV um, who was going to have Oxford and who was going to have Cambridge. And Jimmy Grief says at the end, he was like, it is a bit of a strange sport though, isn't it? Because, you know, whichever is the winning team dips their cocks in the water. Um, <laughs> it's just, it just just to sneak that in on like live daytime TV I saw that and I thought yeah quality really enjoyed that it was funny I think that is, is, is along with that is obviously one of his famous quotes that kind of gets trotted out all the time is it's uh, it's a funny old game isn't it that, you know that's that's his like his quote and it's kind of trotted out kind of all the time yeah um, yeah, yeah, it's like a proper kind of geezer as well, kind of thing. I think when he kind of saw him and just loved football, but kind of was a proper geezer with it. Yeah, him and like Terry Venables was that kind of just loved being footballers and loved the life that came with it as well. Yeah, I know that like um, obviously Matt mentioned before about trying to find that 15 to 20 goal season striker. I wonder how many teams nowadays are, are take him in his prime on the basis that. Like I seen it is sixty to sixty one season playing for Chelsea. Yeah, just the forty one goals that season, and then um, when he moved to Spurs, in, uh, so sixty two, sixty three. Yeah, just the thirty seven goals that season. So he obviously, you know, could have pulled his finger out for a few more that season. But Jesus, like you, that's that's that sort of unless unless your name is Cristiano Ronaldo, I, I'm I'm guessing that kind of. Total's never going to come around again in a, in a single season. It's a lot. It's a lot. And the best, like one of the best things, like whenever you, whenever when when someone's revered, and you kind of and it's kind of think you kind of look at the peers and um, Clough, Brian Clough played around a similar time to him. And he's like, let me tell you, I beat him to two hundred league goals. You know, and you know everyone had kind of neg- f- failed to correct him in the fact that he was in the league below. But he was like, I think I think Greasy to two hundred goals, and and it meant that meant more to him than anything else that he did in football. The fact that he beat Jimmy Greaves because he was that that's how good a striker he was. I think that gets lost with the fact that most people nowadays, you know, like we said, we remember him for the for the punditry side of it as opposed to what an absolutely awesome striker he was. Yeah. I think that's you know. Hopefully they'll do a few more. I've probably, probably missed them because they'll be shown at some ridiculous time at night. And I think sometimes at this this day and age where it's all about Premier League, anything that happened before the like early nineties doesn't count. And you kind of think, no, no, these people are ridiculous. You know, if you said to you know as a kid, I knew like about people like Dixie Dean scoring sixty goals in a season, and you know then you hear about Jimmy Greaves, you hear about those kind of you know, players that scored tons of goals in a season and now it's like well yeah Cristiano Ronaldo scored 35 great you know he played about 70 games you know these guys were playing 40 games maybe 50 games in terrible conditions you know and they, they were doing it probably you know sometimes with a job as well yeah well that they've been back in was that still at the time when the maximum wage was a thing and stuff like that like, yeah yeah with Jimmy Hill yeah, yeah. But yeah, sad. But obviously, he'd he was in his eighties, so he'd, he'd, he'd had done all right, a, yeah, a, a long life and so like that. Obviously, he was 
unwell, unwell towards the end of his life and he'd had a couple of strokes and things like that but yeah I think um, yeah it's a sad miss certainly Oh, yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there we there we go. Unfortunately, a little bit of a downer at the end, but still celebrating a uh, a footballer's life. Any other business, gentlemen? Nothing from me. I think Matt's got. Oh, no, In that case. I'm going to say thank you to all of you, even Matt, um, for, for joining me, taking these lovely people through the somewhat choppy waters of the football world. Uh, tune in next week to find out just how many points I got from the predictions and uh, see how, mo- how many games we've got to predict next week. Don't be that guy, Stu. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. I mean, you're probably right, but <laughs> until next week, I want to say bye to these wonderful gentlemen and bye to you lovely, lovely people. Enjoy your games over the next few days and tune in next time to see, uh, well, what's what. Thank you very much. Oh, there he is. Bye. Bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another week of games gone, and another week of games to look forward to. As I previously said, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever. You can also jump over to thecookiecast.com, check out what we've got going on over there. It's just a little website, but it does have our social media links and our email link so you can let us know how you're getting on that's it for this one till next time i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then